Welcome back for another episode here at Crest Talk. We're your hosts, Jamie Kim, Chloe Lee, and Jamie Freitag. At Crest, we believe everyone deserves support. The Crest app provides personalized support that helps you stress less and accomplish more. So we're back with another episode in our COVID-19 series, but before we jump into anything, we first want to profusely apologize for the audio quality. We hate it just as much as you do. It breaks our hearts to hear all the cracks and the audio just not sounding as good as it was before. So if you are able to withstand it and continue listening listening to all of our podcasts, we truly appreciate it and we thank you and hopefully um, things won't have to be like this for much longer. But yeah, we just wanted to acknowledge it and apologize and thank you guys for sticking around. Anyways, back to this episode's topic in our COVID-19 series, we are talking about um, the emergence of racism, specifically against Asians. Yeah, so obviously this is a huge topic, yet it's extremely sensitive as well. So this episode will include a lot of real-time cases that we've researched from credible outlets and news sources. So if you would like, you can do your own further research on them through Google. And we'll also talk about some opinions that Asian American experts have um, based on their analyses and their thoughts on the development of this racism. And at the end, we'll talk about um, some steps that have been taken to try to mitigate the effects of this racism that has arose throughout the times. But yeah, so let's start it off. Yeah, as you guys all know, with the coronavirus, it's been very difficult to adjust our lives to this quote-unquote new norm. There's been a rise in anti-Asian hate crimes and xenophobia. What is xenophobia? According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it's fear and hatred of strangers or foreigners or of anything that is strange or foreign. And I think a lot of this, you know, obviously stemming from the coronavirus, but in recent days has been extremely bad. The xenophobia has been bad in New York, especially. And one of the articles that I read was um, actually from BuzzFeed, and it was titled, A Man Attacks an Asian Woman Taking Out Her Trash at Night. She Now Has Chemical Burns on Her Face and Body. First of all, just reading that title is just so unsettling um, to think that you're, like, Asian Americans aren't even safe to take out your trash at night is extremely scary. You know, so it's it's not just, you know, in big group gatherings and on the subway. This woman was attacked, you know, in her home. Sorry to give you the really details, but I think it's important for us to talk about it. So I watched the video and the man is like almost like waiting on a stoop. And this happened in April the month before this podcast was um, recorded, but it's still cold at night. So it just seemed really premeditated to me. And it was like, he was waiting for her to come outside. Um, Looks like a white man, you know, and they haven't caught him yet. But I still have hope because it's a really horrible video. And I think it has gained a lot of traction on social media. So hopefully, yeah. So the FBI has announced that there will likely be an increase in violence against Asian Americans um, in light of people relating COVID with China and Asian American populations. Um, and that's something that's extremely sad because no matter what happened in these other countries, um, truly it is not the fault of, first of all, any one person, but a large group of people to be you know, attacked like this is horrible. And they, and um, something that I also read was like, as a white person, it's, it's hard for me to you know, obviously put myself in the shoes of you know, Asian Americans, but it's, I read that Asians almost expect like, verbal and physical abuse 
which I cannot even begin to relate to. And I think that that is horrible what these people are going through and, you know, how that impacts their mental health as Asian Americans. They're living in fear and they're not being able to speak up. Right. Yeah. And that brings me to my next point. There was, there are many articles and many videos released about Asian hate crimes. And one of them was um, at a supermarket where an Asian man gets coughed on purpose and people are yelling racial slurs at him. Um, that, that's, that relates to what you said before, Jamie, about how not Asian people are not feeling safe in their own neighborhood and they're almost forced to stay home. Like supermarkets, we all have to go to supermarkets and they're just a regular part of our daily routines. But the fact that we have to compromise that because of our fear of being like hurt, you know, verbally and physically. Yeah. Uh, there were so many stories, but another one that really stood out to me was um, a woman on a subway. She shouted just in front of everyone, you brought the virus, go back to China. And that woman who was interviewed, who experienced this type of racism, um, said that she didn't want to make eye contact with anyone. She wanted to keep her head down low. And that really broke my heart because, you know, she was an American too. But the fact that she didn't feel like she didn't belong in her country and people were telling her to go back to China. And it's just, it's very heartbreaking. And, you know, no matter how successful you are, how hardworking you are, she expressed that she's always going to be viewed as foreign, no matter how far she goes in life. Right. And you talked about how, you know, people are interviewing victims and it just makes me think too, though. I wonder what's going on through the person's head who, you know, committed these hateful acts, right? Like, mm-hmm. are they thinking, okay, if I just hurt this person because they look like someone who, who because they look Asian, it'll make things better? Like, I, it's hard for me to understand, but at the same time, I know we should think about that side as well. But yeah, I just can't help but wonder what's going through these people's heads. And if those after, you know, committing acts, you know, if it's physical assault or verbal assault, do they feel better? Like, that's just what I'm thinking about right now when I hear about all these stories. Right. And, you know, we keep saying Asian Americans, but I think it almost might be safe to, you know, extrapolate this and say Asians around the world that are not living in predominantly, you know, Asian countries like Europe and, you know, Mm -hmm. South America. I can't imagine what they're going through as well, you know. We only know these stories because we are American, but I wonder, it makes me wonder, honestly, how many stories are out there like this in the world. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, Right now we're focused in America, but this is a global thing that's happening everywhere. Yeah, like even for me, every time my mom wants to go out to the supermarket, she always asks me if I can go with her because... Um, and I asked her why. I said, why, why do you need me to go with you? You can, you know, go by yourself because she does go shopping by herself a lot. And she expressed to me that she was scared because she sees all these videos online and social media about um, Asian women who are just minding their own business, but they're just immediately a target for these hate crimes. So she was, she's always asking me, oh, can you come with me? And, you know, that really breaks my heart because it's like she has to feel danger in such a normal thing, like going supermarket shopping for her family. 
Yeah. Right. And bringing up your mom, um, that just reminds me of a story that came out with John Cho, a famous Asian American actor. If you guys don't know him, he was in a bunch of movies like Star Trek, American Pie, um, movies here, obviously, and he's pretty successful. And um, it just reminds me of a line that he said with his interview. And he said the roles have flipped. And, you know, in terms of him and his parents, when he was younger, they grew up in a um, predominantly white neighborhood in Houston. So when he was growing up, his parents would say to be careful because they were outsiders. Imagine when you're growing up, you being told by your parents that you are an outsider, so you have to be careful and you should, it's best that you spend your time inside watching TV. Like that's what they told him growing up. And so that's obviously the mentality that he had. And um, now that this um, appearance of racism and just overall occurrence, he is now worried for his parents and it's sad and he continues to tie this in with his career and talks about how his race has influenced um you know his job his abilities and opportunities in terms of acting and he says sometimes he'll have strides in life where um you forget about it but then there's always something like little things that happen here and there that remind you that race defines you against anything else right so he also said this line that was so prominent to me. He said, belonging is conditional. And then he goes on and said, one moment we are Americans, the next we are foreigners who quote unquote brought the virus here. And that just really struck me. You know, he is successful, he's um, well off and he's doing his dream job. And yet it's cool to see that Asian American celebrities are using their platforms and really stepping up for themselves. And for me personally, being Asian, I also just feel glad that he's doing something to defend all of us and using his platform for good to speak out and to also um, express his opinions on these issues. So I thought that his insights were extremely knowledgeable and well thought out. And if you guys would like to read it, he makes it so digestible to understand and it's great. And it's cool to hear it from someone who is up there in terms of wealth and stability, but yet he too is affected. And it just shows, you know, racism doesn't just pick and choose who suffers from it. So yeah, it's, it was a really eye-opening article for me to read. Yeah. Um, when I read this article too, it just reminded me that, um, he, you know, he's just like, he's an Asian. And so he understands what it's like to be an Asian. He can see through that perspective, through those lens. And even when his own parents told him to watch these TV shows or encouraged him to watch these TV shows so he could sound more American. It made me think about what his parents had to go through for them to tell their son, you need to be more American if you don't want to get hurt by society. And he said that as he became older as an actor, the race seemed to disappear. But he quotes, a moment always comes along to remind you that race defines you among all else. Yeah, definitely. I love that you brought that up because it's true. When you look at someone, you don't see their occupation, you don't see their status in society or what they do or what they're interested in or their personality. You see their race. Right. And above anything else, before he is an actor, before he's an influencer, he's an Asian American. And that's unfortunate, but that's the fact, which is why this, again, like I said before, doesn't pick and choose. It's not, it's not unique to anyone. Right, and I think the whole idea of this not being new to anyone is the most disturbing part of this all. And um, 
I was actually reading an article from Vox that kind of broke it down numerically about how really these deep-seated anti-Asian biases are, you know, forming and, and coming to light. And from late March to the date that this article is written by Vox um, on April 21st, more than 1,100 attacks have been reported. And that is just so saddening considering, like, first of all, I, I don't even know what part of the like, country that this is from, but it says, which come from more than 46 states. So <laughs> what, there's four states out there that hadn't had a single, you know, report of, of anti-Asian bias. And it's just, that is so mind-blowing to me that this is, you know, such a universal problem in this country. And honestly, unfortunately, I think the world, but there were notable patterns of these ports. Women were more likely than men to say that they were targeted. And several incidents involved children, which is horrible. And harassment was more likely to occur at retail stores and pharmacies now that most people in states are sheltering in place. So I think that that shift of everyone, you know, sheltering in place, working from home, if that didn't happen, you know, if this was a different type of crisis and we were allowed to, you know, ride public transportation, gather outside in large groups, you know, it makes you think of, of what could happen. And one point that the article pointed out to me, a white person that was sad to me was the forever foreigner idea. And it's kind of used to describe Asian Americans in the United States for decades because it kind of suggests that Asians who live in America are fundamentally foreign and can't be fully American. And that is so sad to me because I have so many Asian friends that they have their parents grew up here, their grandparents grew up here. And for, you know, some bystander to walk past them and, you know, think, oh, they're foreign is, is a horrible thought. Right. And I think what extends this idea is that these Asian Americans that are experiencing awesome and enriched cultures that white people cannot relate to. And that's, that's okay that I said that because I am white. <laughs> so Asian Americans, you know, with illness and the consumption of quote unquote weird foods, um, which have reemerged, unfortunately, in the relation to the coronavirus, you know, where it started. Mm -hmm. But among those that play into this concept, you know, that white people can't relate to because we eat, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, you know, to kind of uh, chime into what Jamie said before, John Cho said that, you know, race defines you above all else. Yes, you could live in America for four generations, your family but yet you're still viewed as Asian. And that comes with all these different types of stereotypes. And, you know, stereotypes, we always talk about like, you know, oh, Asians are good at math. Asians are so smart, they're hardworking. But what does that mean, you know? That's not, any type of stereotype is bad because if you don't live up to that, it's you're failing as, as a race or, you know? Right. Um, yeah, and I really appreciate what you talk, what you said about, um, Americans not understanding the culture of other countries and making it sound like it's quote unquote um, gross or it just like it, they make it sound like it's something that should never be done. But we have to also remember that it's culture. You know, the culture of America is so very different from China, from, you know, every other country. What seems normal to us is not normal to them and what's normal to them is not normal to us. And instead of making that such a strange strange thing to talk about it has to be seen through eyes of understanding and um, honestly educating yourself about 
the culture and where that person comes from. So now we want to talk about what we can do as a society. Of course, uh, with the coronavirus came lots of different types of racism and whatnot, but there are little things that we can do to make a big change. And the first thing is to recognize that virus is not the fault of any group of people. Coronavirus knows no borders. We see races and all these types of people without masks and it, um, ignoring social distancing measures, but you know, it can hit all of us. We can all get infected at one point if we're not careful. So we have to bind together. We have to unite even more in times like this to find a cure to flatten the curve. And it's not something that, that can be done by one country or race. It has to be done by the whole world because if let's say America fully heals and another part of the country is still suffering, it's going to transfer. It's a virus that covers the entire planet. So there has to be a change in perspective and um, we, we need to stop the blaming because it's really gonna get us nowhere. Right, and you know, again, as a white person, um, I have made such good friends with, I don't wanna put you guys on the spot, but Jimmy, Kim and Chloe. And <laughs> for me to, and I, I don't wanna say this, you know, I don't wanna be weird, but I really enjoy when you guys, you know, bring me to, the sushi place, bring me to hot pot. Like I get to experience those things with you guys. And that's something that, you know, living on Long Island, I never, ever, ever got to experience. Our culture here is acai bowls and the beach. Um, and that is so sad. <laughs> no, I'm serious because considering like the, the depth of what you guys, you know, do in your home lives and, you know, your food and culture, I really enjoy spending time with you guys. And, you know, obviously respecting your culture and, you know, what you guys do and believe, even though, you know, sometimes I will feel like scared or whatever, because I've never done any of these things before. But yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's really nice. And I'm really glad that I, I, you know, accepted people of different races into my life. Aw, thanks, Jane. <laughs> that means a lot. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting a little sappy on here. <laughs> no, but, you know, going through these times, you don't even know how much that means to us or anyone listening to hear that there are people who do appreciate our culture and our food and our practices, you know, and our values. That's so cool. And, you know, let's just think about this, guys. Like, we never really had such, it, it just took this virus to just fire back at us, right? Like there wasn't any like major emergence of racism against yeah. Asians until now. It, it just kind of triggered it off. And um, it really shows that you really just need that one fear factor to determine how you respond, which is crazy because this might've been avoided or we could have avoided it if depending on how we responded to the situation, right? But yeah, it just, it just really took off like just like that. And we all have friends who've experienced it. We have parents who are scared to go out. Even me personally, I'm sometimes scared to go out. Like I haven't been out in such a long time. And I honestly now don't mind it as much because my friends are literally just direct victims of racism. And that breaks my heart and that makes me scared because I feel powerless. I can't really do anything. And it kind of just feels sometimes that we just have to quote unquote deal with it, which is really hard for me to accept. Yeah, just to think that just a few months ago, like John Cho said, sometimes you just walk through life and you forget about it. 
until you don't, until something like this happens and until someone reminds you that once times get rough, as soon as crap hits the fan, you're somehow the cause for it and you will somehow become the victim as well. Right. Um, Like you said, it all happened so fast. It's hard to process it all. Um, Like there was this one time when I was going to, um, to a meeting and I was on the public transportation and this um, late, I sat, I sat down next to this lady and I guess she didn't want me sitting there. She wanted, she kept pushing me with her arm no trying way. to get me to, yeah, to fall off my seat. And oh my gosh. because everything happened so fast and I've never experienced this form of racism, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of like, I was kind of frozen. I was just staring at her because I was like, is this really happening? Because I ride this bus like several times a week, the same bus too. And it never happened to me before. Um, until this virus and so I you know I was going to say something but I just I just looked at her and I just said excuse me and I got up and allowed another person to sit down and you know sometimes I look back and I wish I spoke up and I wish I said something to her but because of the media that I was um, continuously watching about being physically harmed when standing up for myself I was so scared of saying, you know, going off on that person, you know, like, why did you do this? Why are you pushing me? So I just got up and I didn't say anything. And sometimes I look back to that day and I wonder what would have happened if I actually did speak up for myself. Would someone have helped me or would I have gotten a, a punch in the face? Right. You know, it's, it's really, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I'm so honestly so grateful and so thankful to have met also other people like the two Jamies here who are so open and understanding, who are willing to learn about other cultures, other races. And for me, the way I dealt with this was I talked to them. Like I got home, I calmed down and I picked up my phone and I texted them and we called, we chatted um, to people who I know will understand me. And they helped me realize that, you know, I'm not going through this alone. This is something that Asians all over the world is going through. And yeah, I'm honestly, I'm still scared to go outside. I'm still scared to see that woman again. Yeah, of course. Talking about it really does help. And I know it seems like something so small, but it's not small, actually, because it, it hurts you and it impacts you in a way that, you know, is a lot bigger than you think. Right. Like, how could you forget that happened and yeah. go on the same bus Like, it's something that's changed in you, you know? You're on guard, you're scared. And that's also what I extremely abhor about the situation. Um, I have a friend who actually did stand up (laughs) to a man. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. brave. Um, And she was telling me about it. And I'm, like, hyping her up. I'm like, yes, yes, you go. But then at the end, it always had to end with, but be careful next time. And Mm. she was like, I know, I know. And her parents told her the same thing. They were like, yes like, go off, I love that for you, stand up for yourself, but also, sweetie, next time, just be careful, because you don't know how these people are going to react. I feel like if they were already open and okay with just outright being racist to you in public, then what's stopping them from reacting again in that moment when they're already filled with this emotion that they couldn't hold back, and they couldn't help but react to your presence. So, um, you know what, maybe, Chloe, like, it's really comes down to our safety, which is also 
a really big struggle. I know a lot of people have a hard time um, coping with that and accepting that, but it, yeah, I'm so sorry you had to go through that though. So were people like around you, were they looking at you guys? Was, were people just trying to ignore the situation? Like what was the vibe in the bus when you were going through that? The place that I took the bus was in a location where there were, it was highly populated with Asians. And because I think other Asians had carried that same mentality that I did, when they see someone um, getting harassed by a, a non-Asian, they're all also scared and they all fear for their own safety. And so what I noticed was no one really said anything. Um, people actually even avoided eye contact with me because they just didn't want to get themselves involved. I understand, but it also makes me think about what would have happened if all of the people that were on the bus stood up, if all of us changed our perspectives and um, noted that we have to speak up and we have to fight for our fellow citizens. Right. But unfortunately, no, no one said anything. <laughs> I don't even think they wanted to look at me. Like they just didn't want to get involved. And that made me feel even smaller and even more powerless. Right, because people who are on your side can't and won't do anything. Yeah. Just because, and that's understandable though. It sucks, but it is understandable. And like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's crazy to to watch people who look just like you and understand what you're going through, not be able to speak up for themselves, maybe because they've already been traumatized or have had a bad experience and don't want to go through it again. Like that's mm -hmm. extremely, that's a big thing to get through mentally and emotionally. And you know, it's not just you, it's everyone else who has experienced it. Um, if you're listening and you've experienced it, you're not alone. If you feel like you should have gone back and fought or said something, or if you're blaming yourself because you don't know, like you don't have like maybe like seven step process to dealing with racism, like that's, that's completely normal to not know how to deal with the situation as well. It's okay to not have like a planner full of step-by-step -step, um, um, instructions to dealing with this because if, especially if it's your first time, like Chloe, was that your first time dealing with something like that? Yeah, I think so. If someone actually laid their hands on me, yeah, that was the first time. Right. So how are you supposed to, no one prepares for that. You can't prepare for how you're going to feel like you're, that's not normal. So yeah, to anyone who's listening, if you feel like crap because you didn't, you feel like you could have handled it better, you couldn't have and you're doing the best you can. And um, like Chloe is, like she's just trying to deal with it and just take care of how you react to the situation, talk about it express your feelings, um, reach out to someone, and yeah, just really unpack all of that because it is a lot to go through. Yeah, that's very important because if you leave that whole situation just sitting in your head, you're gonna, you're, you're just gonna be in turmoil. You're gonna think about, um, like, did I do something wrong? Was it me? And you're just gonna end up, se it's like self-deprecating almost. So you need to talk it out with someone who's listening so that they can um, encourage you and they can, um, remind you that that's not who you are so you don't you know spiral negatively right and that just like reminds me of just to bring like a lighter mood I guess you know how people talk about they have like those like fake fight shower moments like when you're in the shower yeah. <laughs> it's, like an imaginary conversation with someone and you're like beating them up with your words and like everything comes out so smooth you have every comeback in your pocket and like it's like yeah uh, it just reminds me of that it's like that you just keep replaying it in your head because you wish you could have changed how the situation happened but the truth is you can't go back and the most yeah. you can go back is in the shower replaying it in your head mm -hmm. um, you know you have like that like cool music in the back and you get those like movie vibes 
and you yep. it in your head like a boss, <laughs> but that's <laughs> after the fact, that's after the situation. But yeah, you can't, you can't change what happens. So just really try to utilize it as a learning experience. Yeah. I think that, you know, now that this happens in the future, I'm better prepared for it. Of right. course, I'm not going to get angry and go off at that person. But I think next time I will say something in the most um, respectful, calm tone just to make a statement and just get up and walk away. Right. And, and as much as I would like for, I would love to say to you, like, don't be respectful. Like just, you know, shout mm-hmm. at them, call them out. But again, like, how is that going to help fighting fire with fire? That's really like literally the perfect situation to compare that analysis to, right? Like you maybe felt feel better, but how does that help? And it makes everyone else feel so much more uncomfortable, especially if you're on that bus with everyone, all the other Asian people taking that bus and again, your safety. So yeah, just keep in mind if you do say something completely for it, just be careful be respectful as well because you you cannot tell the future you don't know how they're going to react and Mm -hmm. your end goal shouldn't be to have the last word like yes we are victims and it sucks but sometimes you just gotta realize that your end goal should be to educate and stop right Um, right growth and emergence of these acts it's not to take a step back at them and you know you're not going to hurt their feelings trust me like no matter what you say if anything it's just going to incite them more and at the end of the day like what did you get done and I feel like being a true activist for this and um, if you really do want to make a difference, you really have to handle it differently than how the person in the wrong did. That woman was wrong for laying her hands on you and shoving you. So if you approach it in the same way, how are you any better? And then that makes it hard for you to defend yourself. So you have to take what she did, learn from it, learn that it was wrong, switch it around, you know, re-strategize or something in your head and realize that our goal as Asian Americans is not to just shout from our lungs that you're wrong and this and that and this and that. It's really to educate people um, because again, the number one thing I feel like that really sparked this is fear and fear of the unknown and being uneducated. So that really should be our goal instead of just trying to have the last word and engage in a fight. Yeah, I completely agree. There's, there's no winning. Um, more than winning, we have to make a difference by being different. That's the only way to stand out and make a change. You know, hearing you guys talk about this, um, obviously very, very sad, but at the same time, you know, something that I picked up, Jamie, I don't even know if you realize that you said this, like, don't worry, you're not going to hurt their feelings. And that is so, (laughs) (laughs) because because here you are, you're getting verbally or hopefully not physically abused in public. And (laughs) Jamie, you intentionally, not intentionally thought of, oh my God, like, I'm not going to hurt their feelings, you know? So for me, that and, and, you know, handling it with respect, handling it with integrity. You are better people than me, okay? Because <laughs> I, I cannot imagine, you know, going through that and having to be the bigger person. That is just the most horrible situation that, you know, you have to put yourself into to be the bigger person. And at the end of the day, when you're in the shower, you know, you might feel good about that. But <laughs> in the moment, I can't imagine that the control that that takes, you know, to, to really go through with that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you talked about, like, we have to be the bigger person, right? If you really want to be, like, make a change, who's going to be the bigger person? Not the other side. Like, heck no. You can't expect them to be the bigger person, right? So, like, it... It's unfortunate, but I promise whoever's going through this, like, it'll be such a huge 
learning curve in terms of character and growth and just you'll just be so much better after it and you'll learn how to handle things like this better but yeah thank you for pointing that out i sometimes don't even know what i'm saying when i'm rambling but yeah that's so, that's so true it sucks but if who's gonna do it if you're not yeah i actually came across something that you guys might find interesting it's called stop aapi hate um, it stands for Stop Asian American and Pacific Islander Hate, Ooh. and it's a planning council based in California. Um, so basically what they do is they track self-reported incidences, and they have a report of all the forms in many different languages, and they get, so whenever someone reports an incidence that happened to them, uh, whether it's like racism or some type of hate crime, they put it, put it into their data um, form and they get to see what gender that person was, where where it was taken place, um, what time, and it kind of brings awareness to what is happening and it brings to the surface of all the little um, incidences that's been happening that's kind of like hidden. Oh. And yeah, I thought it was really interesting because they emphasize that they emphasize the importance of reporting these little things that we don't even consider a big deal or we decide to just kind of sweep under the rug because these little data they add up and when they you know when they present this news to the world everyone is blown away and they're shocked by all the atrocities that's happening that yeah. we didn't know of yeah and an analysis found that verbal harassment made up two-thirds of the report 10% of them are physical assaults and more than a third of the incidents have reported to be in California where Asians are highly populated. And there was a quote written on the website that was, so many of us have experienced it sometimes for the first time in our lives. So there's just a huge um, increase in the amount of racism incidents that's coming in into this AAPI website. And the the people on the team were talking about how important it is for us to speak up so that they can have as much data as possible to spread awareness. Right. And that quote you read off, um, uh, I think you said so many of us have experienced it sometimes for the first time in our lives. Again, brings me back to the point that you only need something to happen for people to flip the switch and treat you so incredibly differently, like a full 180. Because it's true, like, it is, like, not everyone who is a victim right now, like, from specifically COVID-19 racism, they're not like, oh, yeah, just another day in, for the books. It's like, they're shocked. And just like you were, Chloe, like, that's, it was for the first time. So this mm -hmm. pandemic is really just cultivating a lot of firsts for people like us. Um, yeah. Because you're, you're always, I feel like, okay until you're not. And it just takes something like this, something like the element of fear um, and hatred to change your life and open up your eyes that, hey, like when you're not always safe, you're not always secure, you will not always be viewed as an American because when people see you, they see an Asian first. And I love that you were able to find this platform. I think it's such a great initiative that people are taking steps toward this and it means a lot personally. Yeah, thanks for finding that. I know that it could also be hard for um, anyone who's listening to be able to report as soon as an incident happens. A lot of people, you know, they don't want to, and that's completely fine. But 
yeah, I think it's important that we share that there is um, an initiative being taken and there is an option if you choose to, because yeah, I don't think we knew about this before until we intentionally had to research for it. So yeah, just remember that there is something like this where you can, if you really want to take the matter into your own hands, you can really report it into this database. Yeah, and again, it's hard. It's very difficult to come home after something like this happens to you, write it down in your journal, make a whole report on it and send it to the website. It's hard. And, you know, realistically, that's not something that we can do all the time. But we do want to let you all to all the listeners out there know that this thing exists. And if you want to contribute um, to this data, contribute to this cause, then that's that's great. That's so wonderful. Yeah, 100 percent. So. Wow, guys, I think we packed a lot, didn't we? (laughs) Like, that was a really heavy topic, Um, whether you're Asian or not. Yeah, wow, I can't believe how much we were able to discuss and just go in depth and share our thoughts. I personally had such a great time. Hopefully, if um, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were able to relate to us. And if you didn't, you know, show us what you think, you know, make a comment on the podcast. You can read it and just express, you know, like just, we want to know your thoughts. We want to know how you feel. We want to get ideas from you guys because we're only three brains and we know the power of collaboration. So yeah, this podcast was really just to unload a huge topic that a lot of people prefer not to talk about. Continue to stay tuned. We are still continuing our COVID-19 series, and we hope you have a great day and stay safe. We'll catch you next time on Crest Talk.